about funny stuff. Serious about food. Serious about anything that I'm in the mood for. Serious. Let's get serious. Talk to me, talk to me, tell me about your fantasy. Talk to me, talk to me, tell me about your fantasy. Talk to me, talk to me, tell me about your fantasy. Let's get serious. Hi, this is Kendall Brunch. You're listening to Let's Get Serious Podcast. As made obvious by the music that you just heard, I am here at the Chicago Sketch Comedy Festival. Today, my guests are Joey Christopoulos and Dan Sanders Joyce from the group The Cool Table. Good afternoon. How are you guys doing? Great. How are you? I'm doing well. Have you enjoyed the Sketchfest so far? It's always a blast. Yeah. We look forward to it every year. Best part about uh, Sketchfest weekend is you never feel healthier <laughs> than you ever will. It's true. For the rest of your entire life. What yeah. do you think that is? What's causing that? I think it's the uh, cheesecake at the end of the night that they always bring in. Cheesecake? Mm-hmm. I haven't had that part yet. Oh, tonight. Cheesecake. Cheesecake night? Yeah. Well, there's... Oh, there right. And then that. there's the copious amounts of free booze that they give you. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, oh. you know, nothing's worse than a cheesecake hangover. Right. It's more the cheesecake that makes you feel great uh, in the morning. Yeah, I just feel really fat right now. <laughs> and I've got a really good cold going, too, and I think that's... that's every very, sketch That's fest. very Chicago every sketch, sketch fest, fest yeah. Mm-hmm. Every sketch fest, we get a cold. There's certain traditions. Like snow? It snowed yesterday, too. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's very, very Chicago sketch fest. Yep. So let's explain for some people what the cool table is. Uh, Take it away, Dan. I mean, I could do that, but I mean, why don't you, you guys do that? Uh, esoterically, philo- philosophically, or just what, actually yeah, what just, it is? Just anything. Okay. Uh, well, the cool table is a sketch comedy group. Uh, we got together almost six years ago. And for a long time, for five years, over five years, we were doing a brand new show every week. uh, Here in Chicago. Here in Chicago. And it's now, it's since uh, split, there's two shows uh, running on, uh, well, not really bi-coastal because Chicago's not really a coast, but one in LA. There's a coast. I guess it's a lake. I mean, yeah. Does it have to be an ocean for it to count as a coast? Is it by water? By By, can we put it in parentheses? By by aquatic. By aquatic. By aquatic. That's better. Mm -hmm. By aquatic uh, shows. Okay. So there's a group of. It was a Chicago group, and then some of the people left and went to Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. and then there there were other people from the group that are still here in Chicago and. So now both of those uh, collections of people do shows. Correct. Okay. Yep. And we're back in Chicago for the first time. Yeah. Together than we've seen. It's like I, I moved out to Los Angeles about eleven months ago, and yeah, this is the first time I've played all of us together. Because I mean, there's there's ten of us mm-hmm. in the cool table, and there used to be more. That's thirteen at one point when we first started, and a lot of it that's was a lot. Just, that's a lot. That's a large group. Yeah. It was. Uh, it it was beneficial and also a little crazy, but in the beginning it was just kind of like anybody that wants to come play with us, come play. Mm-hmm. But uh, we kind of we set out to do a different show every week, um, so it was good to have that many minds. Called for of, a lot of members. Yeah, 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 creating something every every week. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Why did you want to do that? A new show every week. I think what happened originally was um, we. Uh, we had been friends. It, it was like it was like three different groups of friends got together and kind of formed a group and kind of what happened. So uh, let's say me, Dan, uh, my friend Kyle Moore, and Stephen Lewis Grush, we would all uh, we'd all have a bunch of sketches. We had over like forty sketch ideas ready to go when we decided to start a group. And we were at a bar, and uh, let's be honest, like we needed people to come out and check out the show. So basically, if we could be like, hey, we're not going to bore you to death. <laughs> you can have some drinks and have a really great time. You know, uh, all, all, all the all the more, all the merrier. Right. So we started bringing different people, trying to get as much material as we can, and and people were really pumped because they could bring their friends. We could do like one or two things that like worked out really, really well. Yeah, yeah, that's. Lame. And then we can always do something different. So Oops. the person that's bringing their friend was having a new experience, just like the person seeing it for the first time. And I think, right. I think too, we were really interested in defining our our style of comedy too, and and to do that the more that we could produce and kind of churn out, we, we would 
kind of chip away at figuring out what our voice was. Yeah, because we weren't very good either. We were so terrible. There was a lot of sketches that we would do that were like, all right, we're never, we're never going to do this one again, actually. Yeah, there were a lot of those. Yeah, um, so it just means you have to write more sketches. Right. So <laughs> if you're doing a new show every week then, how did you carry over things at all? Would you do like a best like a collection of like your best stuff at a certain point yeah, or like Chicago sketch fest is a great place to do that. And we've, we've been really fortunate. Um, we've traveled a lot and done shows all around the country. Um, and we would take, we would take the, you know, our best of things that we know were, were solid sketches and put those in for those types of shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and our weekly show was more just kind of a playground for us to do whatever we wanted to do. So did that like cause you to just, experiment wildly absolutely <laughs> it was, I mean I would feel I feel like that would create a situation where you'd be like well we have to make a new, whole new show so like almost every idea gets used kind of thing. well and there was this weird mentality too of like creating a new show every week it was kind of like alright well what can we do to maybe either freak somebody out or what would we do that the crowd would be like you know that would that really do something like we did something similar to that yeah last night at our show but it's like it's definitely and especially when you're super young and you get a bunch of drinks in you or something like that, like you definitely want to just do and this I don't care mentality. Do whatever kind of sketch that's necessary. I think over half of us are th- like classically trained actors. We went to conservatory and stuff like that. Um, and so, I mean, we even got into weird stuff like theater of cruelty and would just try and freak out the audience as mm-hmm. much as we could. There was this, this one member of our, our group, Steve, um, He's kind of an intimidating looking guy and he broke his phone, stomped around on the stage and started crying and ripping out his eyes right after his girlfriend broke up with him. And everybody in the audience at this point in our, in our lives were best, were our best friends. Like those, those are the only people that came, right. but they were awesome because they came out every week and this audience knows that Steve's girlfriend just left him in a really terrible way and he's going absolutely bananas on the stage. And we're like, uh, okay, everybody needs to leave. Now, because I don't know what's happening, Steve's threatening to kill himself, Steve's threatening, <laughs> threatening to kill all of you, like, maybe you should leave. We all know Steve carries guns, blah, blah, blah. so people are just filing out of, out of the theater, getting away as fast as they can. And now he's one of Chicago's sexiest men, Chicago's according to 50, some article. What 50, article is that? <laughs> what? Top 50 sh- sexiest men in Chicago. Do you know what the art- where, where the article's from, though? No, I don't know what magazine yeah. it's in. Chicago I Style or something like that. <laughs> really? Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's blowing up. He just played Constantine on the Goodman stage. He's doing a show at Steppenwolf right now. He's kind of blowing up uh, uh, as that goes. As, well, as maybe that girlfriend, uh, maybe she's rethinking things now. <laughs> you have no if idea. she's still alive. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Those are crazy times. No, those are crazy times. So what was the thing that happened last night? Well, the one thing that we wanted to do, we had been working on this idea for a month, and we had been co- like in connection with the guys in Chicago just to set it up, was we wanted to do a sketch in 3D. So what we thought of doing was just we were going to shoot a video, and, uh, and then basically we were going to come out on stage while the video played <laughs> and just try and do an actual like 3D sketch. And we occurred a lot of different things along the way where we were like, we weren't able to buy 150 3D glasses and we were adamant about getting 3D glasses for this thing. So we ended up just buying three of them. So then the joke just becomes only three people really get the 3D experience uh-huh. and everybody else is just watching. And uh, one of our members, we, we put one of the plants in the, sta- uh, in the audience was uh, one of the members' uh, boyfriend. So we do this sketch and all of a sudden she's like, uh-oh. She goes in to kiss him and then she just like makes out with him for like the rest of the sketch. They're just Frenching, Frenching like crazy. In the audience or on stage? Yeah, yeah, no, in, in, we go, we, we went into the audience. Yeah, yeah. And then there was a pillow fight where me and Dan knocked this girl unconscious with a pillow. Yeah. Cause it's so real. Mm-hmm. She got her money back for her ticket. Cause it's so real. You knocked someone unconscious? We knocked someone unconscious with pillows. For real? Yeah, for real. And it wasn't you know a what? plant? You know what? She was. You know what? She was okay. But I'll be honest with you. She was complaining to me last night, oh, at like really? twelve thirty last night. And it's just like you guys just hit me so hard. I just had to go down. <laughs> that's, that's, She's probably complaining, Joey, because you didn't actually pick her up. You just left her unconscious, put her in your car, and then took her home and made her sleep in your bed with you. I didn't. She said she was tired. What am I gonna do? Put her on a couch? That's not nice. No, your bed's way more comfortable. Not at all. So where does that desire come from to do that kind to create that kind of uh, energy? Well, the benefit of us is we've like he said we're very close, so we hang out together a lot. 
a lot of it is just uh, a lot of it is just jokes and riffing around and stuff like that. And one idea begets another, and then we would always use the cool table as just a base to get together and pitch different kinds of ideas. Yeah, we, and we were going to hang out with each other regardless, and we had we were re- really fortunate in the beginning. People just gave us spaces to do these shows in. We didn't pay any money to to perform, which. There's a lot of great spaces in Chicago. What kind of, yeah, what kind of spaces are you talking about that you were doing? Was we, it like um, bars and stuff? Yeah, or? we started, we, we did a lot of bar comedy. Um, we started at a place called Gunther Murphy's, which is now a travesty of a place called the Pony Inn. <laughs> um, it, it was an absolute playground. It was kind of this dive bar with a stage in the back um, that had its own bar to the, to the stage and uh, you know a decent light board, decent sound system. And they were just doing like punk rock there at the yeah, time and stuff like that. It wasn't going that all that of a sudden awesome. This guy came out and saw the show that we were doing at Lynx Hall. This first we had three nights that we did this show because friends of mine and Kyle's that we went to school with had a space and they needed somebody to go in after them. Uh, so we put together this show, did it. This guy sees it. He goes into work. He's talking to one of his bartenders. He's a manager at this place, Gunther Murphy. He's talking to one of his bartenders, talking about the show. Says the name of the cool table. She's like, holy crap, I know those guys. She happened to be a good friend of, uh, actually, all of ours. She became really good friends with all of us. She's like, I know those guys. Said, well, get them in here. Let's, let's, give, them, let's give them a show. Let's give them a night. So um, me and Kyle <laughs> went to a Cubs game rooftop with them. Took us, <laughs> like, wine and dined us. We're like 20-year-old kids. Not knowing what's going on. Wine and dined mean uh, hot dogs yeah, and hot dogs just and like beers. way too much more beer <laughs> to really be doing a, a business lot of free deal. Beer in our, in our careers. That's what doing sketch is really about. That's yeah. That's the end goal. Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and then you're like meeting the ladies, but like that doesn't it doesn't really help. Still, yeah. it just never really helps. <laughs> you know, you so never you, benefited with uh, with the ladies from with free from beer? the cool table. I mean. Yeah, cool table, sure. Free beer, not so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, if you're drinking free beer, you're probably drinking it to excess. And for some reason, girls aren't down with all that. Oh, well, no. We're gentlemen because we look at it like any relationship that we ruin, we lose a fan. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and you just can't, you just can't, can't lose fans. You can't have that. No. Because she's got friends. And they have friends. And you got to get that. 30 people in the house yep. or whatever that is. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, so so we got this space on Tuesday nights at 1130 or 11 o'clock or something crazy like that. It was three bucks to get in and they had two dollar domestic bottles. So college kids galore just came out to our shows over and over and over again. And we're all in college at this time, too, except for our two old guys who are really old. Man, are they old now? Yeah, they're 34. Wow. That's right, boys, I said it. Wow. Told them your age. I mean, could they even like play ten consecutive minutes of basketball Not full court I, without? I doubt they can now too. <laughs> you should challenge them. <laughs> I don't know. I I would need a we week. Should do baby steps, yeah. <laughs> I would I need a, I, I would need a week, I would need a week to sh- get Chicago Sketch Fest off of me, <laughs> and then I would challenge them yeah. with full on bravado. <laughs> also, he's going to be back in L.A. in a week, so he can challenge uh, a little bit easier out there. Yeah, I know. Get my tan back. Well, speaking of basketball, why don't we talk a little bit about the Poe Nose sketch? Or, uh, it's a video yeah. that you've done. And why don't you explain, why don't you explain the basic premise, what's going on there? Uh, yeah, the, the behind-the-scenes nexus of that story was uh, a couple of years ago when the Wii came out. Mm-hmm. There was the Wii. Um, I, had bought, uh, I had gone to Uncle Fun's one day, and I saw an Edgar Allan Poe bobblehead doll. Mm. Yeah. And uh, I just thought it was just the weirdest thing possible. So I bought the Edgar Allan Poe bobblehead doll. And we'd be playing the Wii, and it would be standing up on top of the TV while we're playing like Wii bowling. And we just started like kind of talking trash to each other in like using quotes from <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe stories and famous and different kinds of things. And uh, so the premise of the sketch is that uh, it's just your average afternoon basketball game, and uh, they're picking teams. And uh, unfortunately, the last person picked, who's always last picked, is Edgar Allan Poe, who turns out to be just like the dirtiest, 
the dirtiest selfish player someone you actually, could possibly get on the court. Someone actually picks an empty pair of shoes. Yeah. They would rather Go they or they would rather pick an empty pair of shoes before they're willing to have Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. On his team. On, on their cripple, team as a there, teammate. There's a cripple that gets picked before Poe and an empty pair of shoes. Yep. And a girl. And a girl well, what's, So what's so Poe. bad about Poe? Why don't they want Poe on the team? Well, you know, he's he's drug addled. Um He's always, he's just always talking smack and, and he's just, you know, that nuisance on the basketball court. You he's know, not, the guy that pulls your shorts down yeah, just a little a bit. He's a bad basketball player. He's just really dirty. I just always remember those. There was a couple of basketball players that were just, you know, just so annoying on the court. Whether it was like what they <laughs> said or, or what they did or no, I'm talking about in my real life. Oh. I'm talking about like. You never posted up Bobby Andrew? Driscoll or what, you should really, whoever. I, you should really clarify that. Like what's real life? What's, what's the stage life? You know, when yeah. you're telling your stories. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh no, this is all, this is all, all for real. But well, the funny thing about Edgar Allan Poe is we did it as a live sketch for a, a long time. Yeah. And it didn't work. And how how far would like would the person come out dressed up as Poe, like with the makeup and we, we he would get he would get pretty close. He would do like a little makeup and he had like kind of an outfit, but like we caked him. Yeah. I mean, he looks like death yeah. incarnate in the video. He looks a little bit like Edgar Allan Poe in the video. Put a little. You can tell which person is supposed to be Poe when you watch it. Right. Correct. Yeah. The yeah. three piece suit. And yeah. You know, you're not ever confused about. Wait, was that is that one Poe? That doesn't happen. <laughs> no. Yeah. He sticks out. He's just kind of a. He's you kind of a weird it. cat to associate yourself with. You know. When so. you would do it on stage, did you have a basketball? Uh, we did have a basketball once. I mean, we were always working. Like we said, like we. You know, we used to do shows at like Shuba's like upstairs. Yeah, our stages were never They were never big. big. Like even at Shuba's we had to build our own yeah, stage. We bought night, a stage we would, in four pieces and we would put it in the basement of Shuba's next to, to two flights of stairs. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> it was Awful. it was kind of a mess. And then we would we would set up lights on coat racks, <laughs> on coat hangers and stuff and by the bar and just set How up shows. So we never had a lot of space to work with. That. It, was, it was just unbelievable. Well, <clears throat> So but what, they did. How did, how did you keep motivated to do that kind of stuff for five years? Um, it was, it was fun. Uh, for me personally, I'm, I'm not classically trained. I'm not a classically trained actor. So a lot of it was me trying to figure out whether this is like some, I, I liked doing it a lot, but I, I wanted to feel like I could do it well. And I was trying to figure out personally whether I wanted to do this for a career. So Doing it every week, honestly, was something that we like really look forward to. We yeah. really started loving to work with each other. We love the material. You know, it's a it's a good. Uh, How often would you practice? Once a week. We get together on Mondays. Write then, write the sh- write the new stuff. Put together set list. Rehearse whatever we needed to, and then on Tuesdays we do it. Um, but that I mean that you know that we were going to be hanging out regardless. Yeah. Because all ten of us are still to. I mean, when these guys moved to L.A. It was devastating to all of us. Yeah, you we know, miss each other and yeah, stuff. It's, I mean, it's a big love fest this this past week. It's been great having my best friends back, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's plans for us to go out to LA and, and maybe do some shows. And uh, you know, it, it's it's great being with these people. I love creating with these guys. Um, and uh, I think that's why we continue to do it week in and week out. And also, like, there was a progression, too, where cooler opportunities were coming along, and we started to realize, like, hey, this is pretty good. We can kind of, we can kind of do this, and other people actually like what, we're, what we have to say and stuff like that. So that definitely motivates you more and more. So there's mm-hmm. little things like that, that that piece itself together. Can you give an example of that well, sort of thing? One thing yeah. that, like, one thing that totally kind of cemented the whole deal was about, <clears throat> after about two years, we got a phone call. We got a phone call from... Uh, these people that work with uh, Procter and Gamble out in New York, and they said that we saw one of your sketches on YouTube. We think it's really funny. We want to fly you out to New York, and we want to shoot this reality show, sketch show pilot, with you and two other groups from around the country. We're going to put you up in a hotel. You're going to shoot it for five days, and uh, you're going to be a part of the New York Television Festival. And and we had just got done doing Indianapolis Sketch Fest. We had just gotten home, so we were feeling really good. And they called, and they were like, you know, come on out here. We'll fly you out here in five days. Um, so it was a really great opportunity. Very weird experience. Yeah. Uh, it was the first time kind of going through the whole wheel. And uh, uh, we won the pilot episode. 
we our sketch was voted the best or whatever between this group from Los Angeles and this group from Washington DC. So you all so, like lived together in a house and then you had to like do a It was like we were put up at hotels but we would come in and we would be presented challenges. Yeah. Uh, we were presented a challenge. We would do uh, the sketch that they had selected in front of these these judges, these comedic minds or whatever. And then they would tweak it and tell us how we can change it and make it better. And we would have to work on that. And then they'd shoot that. And then the other day they came in and they were like, all right, we're going to give you one hour to write a sketch. We're going to give you a prop. Which to and, us was like an hour for one sketch. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And so, so some of the other groups were freaking out. We, 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 we thankfully were they, pretty prepared well, for they, it. Well, they split us up into separate groups. So like me and one other guy from uh from the cool table were paired with one guy from the group from la and one oh, okay. guy from the group from you know so so we kind of got mixed and matched yeah we're gonna mix you mix you groups up and like see what comes out of it see how funny you and guys then, really are then cut to commercial or something like that i don't know yeah it was a weird experience um but, but at the end of it you played this this night at comics comedy club and uh the audience and the judges voted on whichever sketch was best um, out of all of them, even the ones that you wrote with the new people. And uh, we happened to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, you know, so, so yeah, I think that was the first big thing other than, you know, people telling us that they thought we were funny. That was the first big yeah. thing that kind of solidified yeah. like, oh, we, this, this could work. So what? So what happened with that? That pilot was was it actually in the New York thing? Or? No. It, well, it, it it was a part of the New York Television Festival. It ended up Microsoft came on as a sponsor and ended up putting the content online off of their website. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pilot didn't go anywhere. I think what it was it was I think the New York Television Festival just wanted to provide something very unique and cool to showcase like new talent at this festival. Um, and I think it was I think it was good for them. It was good for us, kind of thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the very first time, though, I mean, we were put in the position of, uh, you know, talking to Comedy Central and uh, William and William Morris, Morris and other things like that uh, for the first time about people being like, "Well, what else do you have? Do you have a pilot? Do you have a story to tell?" And from that point on, I think I don't know. For me personally, I was like, I think I'm in this for the long haul. Yeah, it kind of. And that was about three years ago, and it's been. It kind of was a was a crash course on the business aspect of of. Uh, of this, you know, of creating and stuff like that. And we were completely underprepared when we went into those meetings. We thought, we were <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, send us on tour, man. Send us on tour to all these colleges. And we got this idea, right? So we're going to go around. Yeah. You know how these- college kids are dumb? <laughs> I just was one. So <laughs> check this out. I'm going to go. Comedy Central were just like, you guys are fucking retards, man. Like, is that what they would say to you? Yeah, pretty much. Like, this they, one they guy shot was shot us down real hard. This one guy was very condescending about it, and the other guy was more pragmatic about it. Where he was like, "Well, you know, if you like this idea, just go out and shoot it yourself, because we're not going to do it unless you attach a name to it, uh, a celebrity or something like that." We're right. going to give you money to go get and, drunk and, and like you know, it was just kind. Of, it was it was it was a very weird meeting because the William Morris one went really well, and. Uh, and we were feeling really good about it. We were like, all right, well, William Morris might be on our side. Let's go in there. Like, let's pitch a couple ideas. And, and Comedy Central just just didn't just didn't just didn't go well. You know, yeah. we we learned very quickly about a lot of different things. Yeah, it was it was weird. It was weird. So from there, like, did different people in the group react to that in very different ways? Well, very different ways. Uh, there, there were only five of us that. Uh, went out there they picked the five people that were in the sketch that they saw that they liked and they flew only those five of us out there so did that cause problems right there initially <laughs> uh it it did a little bit i mean some people especially when we won there was an immediate uh reticence of well are you guys going to leave the rest of us so mm-hmm. are you guys going out to new york now to try and do this or what what's the deal um and none of us, I mean, I actually, we all just sat down, the five of us sat down when we had these meetings and decided nothing's going to change. We're not splitting this group up. Um, and, you know, William Morris was like, look, you guys, you guys are great. If you want to move out here, we'll talk about maybe signing you, but we're not going to sign a group in Chicago to work out here in New York. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, everybody kind of had their own reaction to it. Um, I think a part what a, what it is to a little bit sometimes is that what's really hard about our material is that there's not one sketch that's 100% 100%. someone's idea. Mm-hmm. Like if I if I like 
like Edgar Allan Poe came from like kind of came from the place of, of from, from my head of just like a trash talking Edgar Allan Poe but I can never say that that's my sketch because every single person in the group has added a joke one way or the other mm-hmm. and like even you know someone like you know Dan's added a joke for something that that Dave has said or Kyle playing Edgar Allan Poe so when one sketch gets selected and only five people can go I don't know. I, I guess there is there is a sense of disappointment because I'm sure you know in a circle one night when we're pitching the sketch and we're running it and we're trying to get it together, someone threw in something that was really funny, right. and they remember that. But now it's someone else performing it because because that's just how it works. Well, that's how it works. You you want the best sketch, you want the funniest thing up there, and as a comedian, you, you you're just always spouting off random funny things out of your head anyways and hoping that they they stick i feel like a lot of times in those sort of collaborative writing situations you don't even it gets so cloudy as to what whose idea was absolutely you know what i mean like i know i've done writing with a partner where if somebody then asked me well who came up with this line there's like 90% of the time you're like, I don't know, like one of us, this is, <laughs> like this obviously is, it was one of us. Yeah, there's a story that goes some, behind Sometimes it, you <laughs> like, sometimes you know, like, oh yeah, that was my idea. I remember why I had that idea or where it came from or something. For sure. But there's so often where you're like, so I can only imagine with five or 10 people that would just like you. 10 people and probably 500 yeah. sketches. I, w- I mean, at least we, we did a count one time three years ago and it was over 300 sketches. Were you documenting the sketches? Like, would you we would try the shows every once or anything? in a while? We taped some and we taped some, we have names of sketches on set lists and stuff. We've never been the one to write stuff down. Oh yeah. We don't, because we always wanted to have, we always created beats or just structured ideas of how the sketch is going to go. And then within that, we're allowed to improvise and make a sketch better because sometimes when you do it live and you improvise, the sketch becomes better. Were there, were there ever times where you were like, you know what, us doing this so quickly is doing a disservice to us? Like, to the you, material? Yeah, were you ever like, you know what, if we had more time, we could have probably made this one better? Well, then we would just bring yeah. it back and, and you, work on it. You would do that, that. Was that. That was the a luxury of having a show every single week was you could, bring, you could bring something back if you believed in the idea and it didn't necessarily work the first time you tried it. But you wanted to make you wanted to figure out this idea. You could bring it back and do it over and over and over again until you found you found how it works. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's an interesting to go further. That's an interesting question because a lot of the conversation too is like it becomes. Let's say a sketch goes really well, and you're like, "Wow, I really want to do that again." You know, how many times can you do that sketch again before it starts to feel stale? Mm-hmm. You know, you mean, what I mean to you as a performer? Yeah, or or even to feel like as an audience member or something like that. Or yeah. Or, or, yeah, I guess more as a performer, but then there's that there's that weird question where you know you're putting so much new material out all the time, you're leaving a lot of good ones in the mm-hmm. ba- on the back burner that you want to bring back. So it's always a really off. interesting question of uh, of how you just what you know what's kind of like what's kind of getting you off at the time. You sometimes know? you hear about a band who they're in the studio and they write like 90 songs and track them, and then they yeah. pick their like 10 for the album, and then there's another band who like there's 12 songs in the album and they only did 14. Like they, had, they, made, they wrote 14 through. songs and they picked 12 and that's a very different kind of, kind of way to, to work some, you know, I'm, and so I'm just wondering if like how that, well, I, I think, um, we've, I think that's we, how we, that's just how we work. You know, like I think there's maybe 10 sketches that have actually been written down that were written line for line. And mm-hmm. we kind of tried to actually, okay, this is how it was written. Let's do it exactly like this. Everything else changes every single time we do it. So uh, what about with the videos? How much would those be planned out? Uh, at first, uh, at first, uh, not completely planned out. I mean, over time though, we did try and take some care and do a little sense of pre-production. Almost all those videos are sketches that have been done and tried stage and, sketches yeah. and then, things yeah. that, and that and things that we've felt uh, comfortable about and we're like well we can you know originally when you when you pitch a sketch too sometimes you're like wow you just can't do it because you want it to be a video and sometimes if you can just finagle a way to get it on stage you can make it a video pretty quickly mm-hmm. but we usually always test everything because before it's a yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean I think it's a good 
I mean, it's not like a, it's not like a good barometer or anything, but it's just good to f- get a feel for the rhythm of where yeah. the joke is by hearing people react to it. Mm-hmm. If that can make any sense. But yeah, like bands that like write ninety songs. Fish, dude. Are like Billy Corgan's. <laughs> well, that, that's the one I always think of is Billy Corgan. Like. But yeah, he always claims that he has like hundred and seventy-five songs that he could just throw at you right yeah. now if, if necessary yeah. that you've never heard of before. The Since, news has ten, but they're all awesome. <laughs> that's what B sides are for, baby. <laughs> since you since you were doing a new show every week, did you find that like did more stuff get improvised because of that? And that, maybe like, maybe at first, but um, like one of the best things that the cool table has given me is just the ability to take in material pretty quickly, and and we're we're really good at rehearsal about like running a sketch until we all feel like we we've got it personally, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I don't know, I I, I think um, with working together for so long and and being as close as we are friend you know just outside of the show <clears throat> um there there's a real big comfort level and a and a trust between all of us on stage so um yeah i mean there, there's an ability for us to like get into this world that we create in in each of these sketches and if somebody has a funny idea and wants to go off on it we trust each other to back each other up uh, to let them go there, and if they're not, if they're going in a really weird place and it's not helping the sketch, to kind of rein them back, you know, kind of pull, pull. You yeah, know, it's hard to letters. describe. We just like kindly ask each other to be like, "Hey, I really like this joke, so just make sure you do that one." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, I, I really like that. So just, just do that, just and I don't care beat. what you do yeah, with the rest of it. Let's get to this beat, and then we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll move on. It's just weird. It's hard to describe, I guess. So. The stuff happened in New York. That was a couple years ago. Yeah, that was right. And yeah, then, New York was about two, three years ago. Three years. And ago. then, tell me about that decision of like some of the people moving and and how that worked. Um, well, uh, after after that, about two, three years ago, we've done a couple pilots and we've actually gone back there and we've screened one of them at the festival, and um, I know the five. The, not the five specifically, but some of us, I know like a couple of us specifically had been talking about moving to Los Angeles for at least like two or three years now. And actually one of our members, Dave, moved to New York uh, a year or so after that whole New York experience or whatever. Thus the Dave moves to New York video. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's exactly right. And we literally did visit him. Like It was really funny because he, he moved and we were going to be there for the festival screening this pilot. And it's in September. And uh, the guy moved away, and me and Kyle are there like six days after he moved. Just <laughs> yeah, like, hey man, just, it was, you know, yeah. just couldn't get enough, <laughs> couldn't get enough, pal. I was, I was itching for you a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, um, we we had just, we had just talked. I mean, uh, from a personal level, I love Chicago to death, and it's given me so many awesome, amazing things. I I just felt like. Where are you originally from? I'm, I'm originally from here. Okay. I was born in Evanston, and I grew up like in the Wilmette, Winneka area. So I've been here my whole life. Okay. So I was just kind of interested in, in you know, you know, taking the challenge, moving out to Los Angeles, being somewhere else, and trying to experience that. And then I can always, I always felt like I could come back to Chicago, and do some really great stuff. I just felt like I had to continue to get better, just in a different way, at a different place. And uh, why LA over New York? Um, man, to be honest with you, be honest with you, money, money, money was the only reason. And, uh, in Los Angeles, I was able to, I was able to get an agent very quickly before I had even moved out there. Um, and it just seemed kind of like the right move where I was going to be getting a lot of opportunities and stuff like that. I just felt like I could probably move out there and be able to sustain a livable, a livable life a little bit easier in Los Angeles than I could in New York. How, so how do you get an like how did you get an agent when we, going out to New York? Well we we decided we decided to go out to Los Angeles and um about six or seven months before we moved out there, uh me and my friend Kyle, we just started looking into different clubs and theaters and stuff and festivals and 
we applied to as many different things or tried to book as many gigs as, as the as, cool table. Yeah, as the cool table before we moved out there. Mm-hmm. And once we were able to secure those gigs, we just you know put all of our press packets and reels and stuff like that together, which you can do individually or as a group. And we just sent them to different industry members and invited them to come check out the show and just see what they thought. And lucky enough, we were able to get some industry out there and um, a friend of ours. Like how did you even decide where to start with something like that? Like who, like were the contacts you kind of already had from the, the other stuff? Yeah, or? roughly, roughly. I mean, a lot of it, we, we actually did go to Los Angeles when we were 20. Yeah. Uh, we did a festival out here when we were 20 years old and the person that ran the festival, uh, her name was Lauren, L-A-W, R-I-N, yeah. just to get it right, Lauren. Uh, she was running the festival, and we just remembered her name, and we felt like we had a good contact with her, and we just looked her up, and we were like, hey, what are you up to? And she's like, I'm running a different festival now. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I can get you in. We were like, okay, great. Yeah. Um, the other, the other uh, way that we booked um, a show was uh, my friend Kyle uh, was doing this national tour show called Mission Improbable. <clears throat> they go around to colleges and... They do uh, they do random improv uh, games and sketches and stuff yeah, like that for random colleges. Improv games. And uh, some of the people that started that company started a theater called uh, Westside Comedy Theater in Santa Monica, and they were willing to put us up for a couple shows. And um, and it, you know it, it it's not about like the people that you know. It's just kind of the relationships that you make mm-hmm. over over time. And you always try and keep good relationships with everybody. And you never know when four or five years down the road. There's success. There's yeah. I mean, because you wish success on everybody, so their success can help you, and your success can help them, and and that's that's very much kind of how it happened. And we were able to get industry out there, and we were able to sign with some people, and that made moving all the more easier. Because I came back to Chicago for five months to direct this show that I had I had done and do more cool table. Like it was some of the best cool table that we were doing was right around that time Mm -hmm. of last year, and. yeah, so I mean, it made the move a lot easier, for sure. So before, I'd like to know more about like what's going on out there now. Mm-hmm. But before we talk about that, what about the people that decided not to to go? And uh, well, <clears throat> uh, we all have kind of our own individual careers in in the craft, uh, if you will. Um, you know, and f- for me in particular, it wasn't a good time for me to move. I, I, I kicked it around. I mean, it was, it was definitely an option. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I, I had some things that were in line that, that were panning out at the time. Um, creatively. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was doing a lot of work, uh, with, uh, the Shakespeare theater downtown and, uh, with a, a bunch of other, uh, area theaters and, um, it just wasn't the right time for me to move out there. And I think it was kind of the same for the other people, uh, that decided to stay here. Um, one of us runs their own uh, like production house for the most, uh, for all intents and purposes, called the Inconvenience. They, you know, they're, they're in good with theaters like Mary Archie and um, Red Orchid, and you know, some, I mean, pretty high profile. Yeah, places. they house a lot of working actors. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Paige, uh, who's a member, was doing a show at Steppenwolf at the time, and you know, Stephen is just like I said earlier, blowing up. Heath has his own stuff going on at the Annoyance all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've, we've kind of entrenched ourselves into this community. Um, and so for the five of us that stayed, it was, well, Chicago is, is really like, I mean, I've got my foot firmly planted down here. It just doesn't make uh, perfect sense for me to, to leave that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's where all of our heads were. And what kind of activity is there with Cool Table in Chicago now? Well, we don't do the weekly show anymore uh, because when the benefit of having 10 people is if two people can't do the show, um, it's okay. You still have eight people doing the show. (laughs) Now when there's five people and you're trying to write a new show every week, it's a little more daunting. And if two people can't do the show because of other shows, you know, we all, like I said, we all have our own fairly successful careers in, in the, you know, the craft here in Chicago. And if you get a show eight days a week or eight shows a week doing something downtown, 
you can't do the, the weekly show regardless. So if two mm -hmm. people can't do the show for three months, that leaves it to three. If somebody gets sick, now there's only two people doing the show. And when everybody moved out to L.A., it would have worked out to only Heath being able to do the show for a while. And as Which would have been great, but it would have been really bad. It would have been really bad for Heath. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been really tough on Heath to do a one-man show for a few weeks by himself. He should have done a one-man The Truman Show. <laughs> the, Jim Carrey. That'd be a terrible one-man show. <laughs> Just screaming at himself. And everyone telling him that he's out of his mind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so so uh, we, we kind of we stopped doing the, um, the weekly show, but we still do a lot of shows around town. Um, we'll do pickup shows and, um, yeah, we still do a lot of shows around town. And then what kind of like, so in, in LA, do you do a weekly thing there or what's the scene like there? You know what we did? We, we were trying, we, we really wanted to, you know, we're going to find the right place. We're going to do a weekly show and just recreate what we got going on in Chicago. But you have to give Chicago credit that, um, you know, it's different. It's, it's hard to promote for a, a weekly show out in L.A. So we've, like, done more, like, we've done six-week runs. And we've been at we've been at so many different theaters right now. We've been bouncing around. I mean, we were at, like, it's like Theater Asylum, West Side Comedy Theater, Hollywood Fight Club, Second City, I.O. We were at a, we were, we were doing a show at a theater connected to a church for a little while. Because <laughs> they were letting us do it for free. Mm. Um... And, uh, you know, it, the, the first year has been a little bit different where we, we would love to do like the weekly shows and stuff like that. I think what we're trying to do is I think like what you said is maybe um, what we were talking about a little bit earlier was I think we're just trying to take our time with some things now. We were, we're really interested in doing videos and we're really interested in concentrating on, you know, writing, writing sketches that we're like that we're really going to take the time and do detail. And, and do detail because we don't have the weekly show anymore so we can take our time and kind of write sketches I don't know a little bit more deliberately so yeah so when you do a six week run is it the same show um, the whole time uh, yes and no uh, for the most part we'll, th we'll still throw in some things that we feel like work really well and things that we still are really excited about doing um, we'll try and mix it up uh, it, gets, it gets a little wonky because when you are continuing to do shows, you end up doing sketches with like, wow, like uh, this member isn't here. This member isn't here anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, so we decide either to write around that or if it's just kind of like a peripheral character, we'll just kind of recast it and stuff like that. Um, so as of right now, we're planning on trying to change it up just a little bit, but I don't know. There's still predominantly a lot of stuff because we feel like no one's even seen our, no one's even seen any of our sketches in Los Angeles anyways. Mm -hmm. So if we're doing the same stuff, how would you say that just in general the scene is different in LA versus Chicago? Um, People support theater in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, and there's a weird, I mean, it's very cliche, but there's a very uh, definitive hype. You know, there's like right now, it's honestly, in, in my opinion, in my opinion, uh, it's UCB, uh, Groundlings, IO, and Second City in that order in Los Angeles right now, which I, which is probably maybe <laughs> flipped, which is probably maybe flipped out here. So, so that element's uh, a little bit different. I think, I think people do come out to the shows. I think it's hard to get people consistently to come out to a, a weekly show right now. I think just because of schedules and stuff, there's a lot more of like, so you would get a lot of people here that would come every week. Oh yeah. Every single week. And, and, and literally it would turn into, um, one or two guys would show up come up to us after the show and be like, hey, guys, uh, great show. I'll see you next week. And we're like, okay, cool. Yeah. And then next week, they're there with four of their friends being like, yeah. hey, I, I told so my really friends. kind of built up a fan base. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've really done some shows where we've packed as many possible people as we could into tiny little rooms. Now, I don't think that that's something that LA is really into mm. uh, for many different reasons. Travel, lifestyle, the people. Um, a lot of funny people out there, though. There's a lot of really, really funny comedy that you can see really, really, really cheaply. But uh, and a lot of it's by Chicagoans that have moved out there. Yeah, a lot of it is. Yeah, a lot of it. I hang out with a lot of great Chicago comedians out there. And all I hear from networks and agencies and stuff like that is that like they think that the best comedy is coming out of Chicago. From, for, the, for the past year, they feel like the best comedy has been coming out of Chicago. And they think that more is going to come. 
I think that Chicago is a very uh, bucolic and very blue collar uh, town and uh, very much a working class kind of place. And you can say that you're an artist, but you need to be working on something. And it doesn't matter if it's really high profile or if you're just doing something in the back of a bar somewhere. People will support it. People will come out and go, oh, okay, I, yes, yes, let's see what you're doing. Now come see what I'm doing. Um, and I, I think in, in my travels that Chicago is unique in that sort of mentality, that people don't, don't do that everywhere else. Um, whereas here, like, it, it, yeah, I, I'm just going to repeat myself. You, well, you even get the people, too, because the weather is, like, so terrible here. You even get the people that are just like, I'll... What, what what are we doing? Comedy? All right, I'll just go. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, we'll just let's just get me out of the house. Give me out somehow. You know, it's interesting. Like, I feel like just coming here from Cincinnati, that like the weather, like people complain about the weather here and stuff, but people don't like stay home because of it. <laughs> no, <laughs> so I much. Mean, Whereas in like Cincinnati, it would be like snow. It would snow like two inches, and then everyone would be like, well, "I'm just going to stay home tonight." Yeah, <laughs> you know. And it's like it's kind well, of. Snow, I don't know if snow's on the ground. <laughs> if, <but laughs> I don't know if some of that is because of the mass transit options here, or well, what I think it, it too. If you've lived here for more than a year, if you've gone through your first winter, I, I, my first winter, me and Kyle and Steve didn't leave our dorm rooms for three weeks one time. Didn't leave the <laughs> yeah. building for three weeks. You know what came in the building, though? Vodka bottles. <laughs> Vodka bottles. <laughs> and pizza deliveries. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Uh, and we went a little insane. But um, once you get through that first winter, it's like, okay, uh, you know, I, I think that winter builds a, a certain character in, in people. I know that's a little cliche-ish, but I, I do think it builds a certain character in people and... Uh, it makes the summers that much better. <laughs> um, and you just kind of fight through winters thinking about summer, thinking about so, when it's summer. So how do you think that being in L.A. is going to change you then? Uh, you know what? <laughs> You're not going to have that character-building winter. I'm serious, man. Like, I don't have, I don't have seasons out there. Yeah. And um, I don't want to come off bitchy, but I probably will. But honestly, like, sunny every day kind of gets a little old. <laughs> I mean, because I'm I'm just from the Midwest, man. I like yeah. Sure. I I would always like that weird, those weird clouds coming in, that storms coming in, or whatever. You know what I mean? And and it and it would rain like crazy or whatever, or be super windy, or you know, the, oh my God, it's sixty degrees outside. There's it was like thirty dramatic, yesterday. Dramatic changes happening. I feel yeah. like whenever I've been very in LA, manic, very there's manic. this <laughs> feeling of like, it's it's so nice. Like the weather is so nice all the time that. You don't even it's talk like you, about it either. You don't talk about it because it's just like every day, right? Yeah. But also, there's no sense of like time passing. Like there's this sense You're of absolutely like, right. Like it, they bleed together. Yeah, and I feel like one thing I'd be afraid about being there is if I would ever like get anything done because I would always feel like uh, you'd have you'd have an exponential. Yeah, like time. like just there's just sort of this like dreamlike quality about it because it's weird that. to like, and there's not like, there's not that weird go get them when it's a beautiful day out. Like you don't get that go get them attitude. Of right. just like, like, I better, I better take advantage yeah, of a good day. Cause yeah. you don't know when it's coming back again. Like mm-hmm. in the Midwest, like the weather is like a person like how about that weather today. Cranky as shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Something like that. Like you, you would always talk about it. Like you knew it so well and it was so unique. And you just don't even do that out there. Out mm. there, you just go like, so are you an actor? <laughs> That's instead of the weather. <laughs> are the people that moved to L.A. working uh, like in industry at all, any of them? Uh, you know, we're, we're, all, we're all going through the process of that grind and that hustle. Uh, we've all, we've all <laughs> the funny thing is that the five members that moved out to L.A., we've all had some kind of success one way or the other, but they've all been very, like, kitty. They're all kid show-oriented. Oh, really? Which is pretty sweet. Yes, I heard you did something on Nickelodeon. Uh, I, I did. It actually, it airs next month. It airs February 12th. What is and it? And I shot it a year ago. Really? <laughs> I shot it over a year ago. What is it? Um... Oh baby, here we go with the plug. It's uh it's uh called Victorious. Um it's just like of this posh high school of teens that are like uber talented, like that guy plays a saxophone and this dude's an actor and she's an amazing dancer, whatever, whatever. And I play this MTV producer who shows up and I'm gonna shoot a reality show and it's called The Wood and I'm just like pushing <laughs> these kids and manipulating and I start cutting their phone conversations so all of a sudden like 
Victoria gets caught on the phone saying something like goo goo gaga to the, to the hot guy in school. Now the girlfriend's mad. And then they end up smashing a car somehow. I don't know. This is Nickelodeon logic we're playing with here. Yeah. <laughs> and it, they end up smashing a car and I get kicked off the lot and stuff like that. And, Did uh, you draw from uh, your real experiences with uh, executive type deal? Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I like the, the, the parts like, yeah, the parts super douchey. <laughs> I mean, the parts like the parts really, really, really douchey. And I tried to do it. I tried to come from more a selfish place than the condescending place that maybe the comedy central guy treated us but you, once. You but. booked that like six weeks after you went out there, right? Some yeah, I, I moved out in January and I booked, I booked Nickelodeon four weeks into moving it's out crazy. there, is this, which is, I mean, it was a really, it was a really cool story. And all of them kind of, all of them kind of did it real fast. You know, the, the decision for all of us that stayed here in Chicago to not move out there wasn't an easy one. I mean, we all ended sure. up picking to stay here, but, um, then you get calls from your best friends saying like, Oh yeah, I just booked this thing. I got to say, I'm going out three, three days, three times a day sometimes for, for these auditions. And there's a scene here in Chicago, but, and I, I work pretty consistently, but I don't go out three times a day for stuff. There's just not that much work here. Mm-hmm. Like, man, Jesus, my friends are like redefining overnight sensation out there. Did I make the right, did I make the right call? All of them, like, like wildfire, just went out there and started booking stuff. So then what, like you see what you'd think that, and then like, what would be the thought right after that? <laughs> Then you know my agent calls me and tells me I have an audition for something, and I'm like, oh okay, well I guess I I still am on the right track. So yeah, we surround ourselves with like just I mean I I personally surround myself with some of the most talented people around. I mean, we 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 left to go do our thing, but you know everyone in Chicago is also having their own individual success. I mean they we have a theater company that that these guys that uh, Dan and Steve and Kyle had started years ago that is just now coming into fruition called uh, 13 Pocket. Mm. That's going very well as too. So, I mean, it's just, and we're all super young. It's a very interesting, exciting time. We talk about this a lot out in LA when we miss Chicago. It's just like, it's, you know, you're just in the process. I mean, you're always in the process of getting to the place that you eventually want to be. And these tiny little victories just draw you a little bit closer to it. But we always talk about how great it would be to to do everything that we possibly can to be successful and then to all come back together and do something really, really special. Mm-hmm. I think that's something definitely motivating and something to look forward to. So is that like, was there talk about like ending the group or like the idea that, you know, you're splitting into like the people that left, was there talk about, well, should we still be called the cool table? Cause you know what I mean? You know like, what? Like n- no, no, not really. Like I, I guess, which might be, a little surprising, but I mean, I think we're all we're we're all very interested in doing original. Uh, you know, who who doesn't want to do original content mm-hmm. for their for their life for their career? And as a sketch group, I think that's what we all want. And eventually, you know, whatever path you take, you you really want to. I think we all want to. At the end of the day, do a project that is original content with all of us together. And there's very now much whether you can you do all can you can everyone do that in Chicago or do some people have to go do this or that or whatever and just kind of go through their own experience and figure it out. But I think eventually, I think that would be awesome. There's if I had a bunch of money, I would, <laughs> I would just throw it at you guys. Yeah. Just throw it at you. But there's very much a cool table voice in, in what we do. There's very much like a, a cool table sensibility in, in our comedy that I think, you know, if they, were to, if they were to change their name, it would still be kind of the cool table brand of, of comedy. So what is that? Can you ex- describe that? Um, I mean, we, we have a, a true love for the absurd um, and a, a, a real kind of uh, interest in human caricatures and human, like the, the foibles and follies of, of not characters, but actual caricatures that you see in life all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of exploiting every possibility out of it. I think we're also, we're super into... Like uh, we're super into the buffoon, mm-hmm. or like the American. I mean, we love we love playing characters that that God help them. They just are who they are. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. they don't necessarily always write uh, or say or do the right thing. But it always comes from a you know. We we obviously it's a classic. It's a classic comedy uh, structure. But you know, 
the misunderstanding, the misunderstanding of it all and how we, but it all comes and how all, we talk to each other. And, and it all comes from a very honest place. I think though, but, you know, I, that's one thing that I've always loved about what we've been able to create is it, nothing's ever been forced. We've never, I mean, there's been sketches that haven't worked because maybe because they were a little forced, but the ones that are real true cool table brand sketches, never, nothing's forced about it. It all comes from a real place and it all comes from, from all of us too, which, which has always been my most favorite thing about what we do. What were some of your like, groups that you looked up to or inspired you kids when in the you, hall i think is the first kids in the hall was the huge but i mean one. like in chicago because uh, you're you were in a city where there's like a you know a ton of people doing it and i'm sure that there that was like an empowering thing in a way because you could see oh like you know as an example so i'm just curious um groups from groups from chicago let's think i mean or even I, individual the, yeah i was gonna say the one that that popped off my head was uh the first year we did Chicago Sketch Fest, there was a group here, a Canadian group called Fresh Meat, Fresh Meat, who I don't think are together anymore. But I remember watching them and the way that they controlled a crowd and being very. No, Fresh Meat was the being very that we met at impressed. Indian. Yeah, but I, I believe they were here though. I think that's where we first saw them. Oh. But I would think, you know, the first Sketch Fest that you went to, mm -hmm. like that had to be like a real like eye opener. Of, oh, we were wow, so look geeked. At all these different people, different things that they're like, did that change your thinking? We always, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I think we, or was we, it more like, we definitely respected, uh, we definitely had a lot of respect for what was coming out of Chicago, but we were kind of like boisterous kids too. Like, we called ourselves the cool table, you know I mean? We were yeah, like, that name is just gonna, we were like, be etched on our tombstones. Yeah. You know, I mean, we did a new show every week. We like took on these huge kind of challenges and obstacles and we were like, did you, you find, were people like those cocky cool table guys? Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. There's <laughs> I a don't know. Good possibility of it. I mean, also I like to think that we're all really, we're all really fun to be around and stuff, but who knows if we get, the rub like we the, were a lot younger back then too man i mean i was i was pretty bullheaded and you know at the at the time that we were doing our first sketch fest i was doing a show at goodman so was steve like we we were doing pretty successful things and yeah i was kind of a cocky asshole for <laughs> sure um i don't know that it necessarily rubbed off completely in, in places this sketch festival is one of the most i mean we truly do look forward to it every year it's it's amazing it's a big love fest out there yeah um so I, you know, at places like this, I, I, I doubt we came off as we were also children at the time. You know, they were very good to us, though. If, if like, I mean, yeah, these people. Have been do you fantastic. have a Do you have like a favorite Chicago Sketchfest memory? Each of you. Um, man, uh, there's a lot of them. I think the most memorable one is we did uh, Sketchubator one year. We did this sketch called Addict. And it's very, it's very simple. We was just, that the candy and cereal? Yeah, house? yeah, yeah. I, I mean, saw, that was 2008, I think. Yeah, was, was it? Yeah. 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 Right. I mean, that, that one, that one I'll always, I'll always remember because we, we have done that sketch before, but that time I feel like we like had, we went all we, we upped the, we upped the game on the yeah. candy. Uh, it, it's very simple. It's like a, a completely silent sketch. Uh, the song by, oh, what's her name? Special K. Special, Special K. K, thank yeah. you. The, uh, I'm not uh, an addict. I'm so. not yeah, yeah. And it's just a bunch of, uh, it's all of us on stage very slowly just opening up pixie sticks and Skittles and, and Starbursts Starburst and slowly the more that we ingest them, the more that we need it. And it's really this, this As crazy this song kind of builds. This, yeah. This kind of build and candy requiem. Of just, <laughs> it starts, it just gets flown all over oh the place. Man, I remember red bulls just, just Oh yeah. The, and, and the red bulls, like, those powdered like, like lemonades and stuff that we were yeah. just in, you know, big domino cans of sugar that were just spraying had all to, over the audience. It was definitely like a 10 minute cleanup after that. One. Oh, they, <laughs> you know what? And to be, to be fair, we, to be fair, we definitely helped. Oh, yeah. I want that. I want yeah. that on record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love Sketchubator. It's my favorite thing about Sketchfest, which I probably shouldn't say because it's not open to the public. <laughs> but, <laughs> but to explain to anybody who doesn't know, Sketchubator is uh, for all the groups that are performing, the volunteers and stuff. Like after hours, they like perform for each other, and it's real like 
great atmosphere and it's pretty it's pretty wild it's like it's really like no holds bar like i mean you have an idea that you haven't necessarily worked out completely but you want to see how it goes in front of other like-minded comedians then you get a chance to kind of try out those ideas kendall did you see uh cowboy don and the chicken with the chickens the live, the chicken, live chicken the one no here? i missed they brought uh, they, they came to live chicken they came out as like uh our good friends pat reedy and nick Actually, morowski are cowboy don i don't think Sketchfest wants us to necessarily talk about live really animals. it was so funny though they just come out and they're like these like grifters and they've got something to sell for you and they open up a box and it's a live chicken and they basically try and they try and sell this live chicken to people in the audience the whole time while this thing's like flopping around. They caught so much flack for that. People were like, "What are you going to animal rights and everything?" They were like, we, "We bought the chicken and we're going to give it back to like." No, they were. It's Pat. First of all, Patrick Reedy is one of the nicest, most funny, wonderful, funny men in the world. He would never do anything terrible to a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just so, it, I mean, it was very much sketchy in a nutshell, where it was so unexpected. It's like everybody's performing, you know you're performing for a room full of other sketch people, and it's so, it's like... How far different. can I push these people? Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it is different. And, and, and to think about it that way, I never feel any pressure or yeah, anything like that, because it's so loose and... Well, and it's also the end of like a really long, stressful day for a lot of people. This is very true. And it, so. it goes back to what I was saying. I mean, this festival in particular is just a huge love fest. Like, I've never had a moment of uh, insecurity here. I've never had a moment of like, uh, are these people going to respect me for who I am and what I... Yes, absolutely they are. They all do. Everyone here respects you for what you do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I would definitely say that to any any group that's here this year for the very first time to... Yeah, to really enjoy the experience because I we're we're we've been very lucky too. Where Brian Posen and Jill Valentine have been really really great to us yeah. over the years, bringing us back here at Sketchfest, and we were from here doing shows here, and it like really meant a lot to us. And um, I mean, it, the fact that we're all in town now speaks for itself. I mean, we all really wanted to come back and do this festival just to be not around the people, but around the community of people, the comedians, the people that come out and see the shows are so great and. Um, yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah. This <laughs> is it's just so much fun. I remember there was a moment when you, you doing the candy with the stuff everywhere someone was like licking it off that the was ground. Me, that was actually. you that licking was it me. off the ground? And uh Did you question that at all in the uh, moment? And or? what disease did you contract? <laughs> did you see the that's the ground that the chicken had been well, well that was different. But well, still like Well, I actually unfortunately <laughs> What I didn't see was the group before us threw some shit on the stage, too. And one of the things that they threw on the stage happened to be tuna fish or something like that. So you're licking can like pixie sticks off <laughs> and, the ground and stuff? And Red Bull and tuna fish. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, when I did it now, I, I'll be completely honest. <laughs> We've <laughs> lost a pair of headphones. <laughs> I'll be completely honest. When we did that, I was doing a show at the time called Bye Bye Liver, the Chicago drinking play. It was in its infancy. Um, and... Uh, I had just done a show and come to do Sketch Debater. So I was already a little in the bag when we started, uh, when we started Sketch Debater. So no, I didn't question it at all. <laughs> I went right into a downward dog and <laughs> licked the floor on my way into an up dog. Oh my God. I was doing sun salutations uh, <laughs> whilst licking the stage floor. And it was disgusting. It was one of the worst you're such a pro, Dan. <laughs> that's why when when you asked if we had a favorite memory, that's the first thing that popped into my head. It's not necessarily a favorite memory. <laughs> oh, man. There's All been right. some gross things that have happened here. <laughs> well, hopefully we can look forward to more. I'm looking forward to seeing the show tonight. So yeah. It's going to be... Uh, a totally brand new show for all the folks that came out yeah. last night. But. Well, people listening, they're not going to hear this before that. So. No, for sure. But uh, tonight at seven o'clock. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just whenever you hear this. Come yeah, to stage seven seven three. Um, tonight, really, it's tonight. <laughs> so, but do you have anything you want to like promote coming up? Either one of you. Um, yeah, or even uh, just website yeah. stuff like that. Thirteen thirteenpocket.com. Also, Contagion uh, coming out in October of this <laughs> yes. year. What's yes. that? Steven Soderbergh's new movie. Oh, he, he booked just, a he booked a small role in the new Soderbergh movie. All right. We're, we're all so we're all so jacked to see him <laughs> on the big screen. Are you sure you're gonna make it to the yeah, final? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. All right, awesome. Yeah, yeah if, you, if you go special features, we're gonna be we're gonna be pissed. I was I was <laughs> telling him I was telling him because he's in like a really intense scene and we're not gonna ruin it or anything. 
but he's in a really intense scene. I was telling him, God, if like, if that movie, like it's like a golden globe or something, like just to be in that, like just to you be, be in the, the clip. Yeah. The show. clip. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> a biological thriller. It uh, like America was awoken to a new age. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow plays a riveting woman. And this is the clip. And it's just you, dude. That'd be, <laughs> oh God, that'd be so awesome. Um, I don't know. I don't really have anything. What, I don't about have anything to plug. Web, what about just the website and stuff for Cool Table? Yeah, uh, you can uh, check us out at cooltabletv.com, cooltabletv all the way through.com. We're also um, 13pocket.com. You can spell out 13 or you can uh, you can put the Roman numerals in. Both will take you to. Wow, uh, that's thinking. That's there. accessible. And we're also, uh, Cool Table's now taking on Facebook friends. We post a lot of videos and stuff. You can know about our shows coming up. We have a show January 25th. At the Comedy Central stage in Los Angeles, California. That's going to be really cool. We're starting a run at Second City in February. Uh, so check out for those shows. Cool. And, uh, and Chicago Sketch Fest is great. And continue to listen to Kendall Burns because yeah. this is Friends. a lot of fun. Yeah, Friends. Yeah, yeah, Friends? Fun. Damn. Yeah, if you want to, if somehow you found this and you don't know how, uh, if you search for Let's Get Serious on iTunes, you can subscribe or you can search for my name. Uh, KendallBruns.com I do show notes and stuff too so nice. uh, yeah well, Ooh, thanks, and, and can I say something to yeah. you Kendall right now yeah. uh, this is what I this is what I like about Kendall to all you out there was I was running late to this thing and while I was running late I checked my email and and you still uh, befriended me on Facebook. <laughs> uh, so, wow. so I knew that I like, <laughs> you're like, okay, I guess it's all right. Well, <laughs> I was like, all right, he's good people. He's, he's highly, he's so forgiving that he was still, well, well like, the thing is I did that so that I could see if I could do any research on you. Yeah. 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 For, before the interview here, that's, you know, Facebook's kind of, I feel like that's a good first look of like about a person. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, very peeping Tom, but I didn't, website. I didn't really, I couldn't really find that much out about either one of you yeah. from there. Play, maybe with more time, maybe with more Play time. Pretty I pretty close to the vest. Yeah. <laughs> Got All a lot right, of numbers so in that Rolodex. I like to, uh, give guests the last, the last word. And normally I only do one person, but I've been doing two because with these sketch groups, you know, yeah. everybody yeah. here. So how do you guys want to work that out? Just, we just get to pick one word. No, no, it can be like a statement. Oh, like a this final isn't a, an acting game, oh, okay. Dan. This is just a, a do, beautiful sign-off. Do you sign have off. a word in your head that we have to pick, that we have to guess? Yeah. Can I get a suggestion of anything, please? Oh, the end of the show. <laughs> Atlantis. Okay. Great. Um, gosh, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, you know. Support, support live theater. Support uh, artists. Yeah. <laughs> support yeah. people go that on, create Go on the sincere route. Okay. Yeah. And no. when you're out there in the world, you know, just, you know, just hug as many people as you can. Absolutely. You know, because you just never know. Let's work to eradicate tolerance. You know, forget cooties. It's a terrible word. I hate tolerance. It's like putting somebody up in an attic and saying, you can stay in my attic, but that's as close as I want to get to you. And on that note, we sign off from... Let's love each other. Joey Christopoulos, Dan Sanders, Joyce at the Cool Table. Kendall Brenz of the Pen of the Brenz podcast. Yeah. The time the time is four fifteen AM somewhere. <laughs> and uh That means it's time to drink, right? Yeah. Good journey. See right. ya.